Are you at your point where you think you've hit your bottom or maybe that there's just no way you're ever going to feel like things can change? I was like that. I really was. And I want you to know, my name is Bromo, by the way. I want you to know that there is a way out. Please join us for my podcasts. Hey there, it is Bromo here. It is the 25th of February already on a Sunday snowed a little bit last night, which is odd because uh, the last four or five days, it's actually not odd. I'll tell you why. Four or five days ago or so, we've had a stretch of weather, which has been perfect for us out here in North Dakota. In about the 40s to high 50s, we've been averaging. And get this, (laughs) the snow came last night. Now our streets are covered with snow and it's about 38 degrees outside. It's comfortable. It's going to be 60 tomorrow, and then on Tuesday, it drops down to 15. That's a 45-degree <laughs> temperature drop. But that's North Dakota for you. My name is uh, Bromo. I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date's 2-17-09. Yes, I just reached 15 years of uh, sobriety last Saturday. I don't know how long this segment's going to be because I'm, I'm on my own today. And I chose that for a reason. Um, Again, I appreciate everyone who listens to my podcast, to my episodes, to my segments. Um, When I have people on that's that I believe, I've said this way before, uh, way before. I've said this many times before. It is my strength to have people share their strength, hope, and experience. Uh, I just have not been feeling very well lately. I came down with a flu, and then uh, before that, I had a major pain in my left hip, my belt buckle side of uh, left side of my hip, and it would not go away. It stayed there for a couple of days. It reminded me way back 10 years ago when I pulled that uh, muscle in the back, changing the tire, which that did not go away, and I couldn't even sleep through that. And I had to eventually go into the emergency room. And, of course, that's when the guy said, hey, by the way, you got a block in your heart. You want to run that by me again? Yeah, you got a block in your heart. You're going to need three stints. Or you can go on an extensive six-month exercise thing. We'll see how things look after that. So I got the stints. So when I pulled my – not pulled, but when I found my left side of my hip becoming progressively worse – I started to panic a little bit. I started to worry and think, oh, oh, this isn't uh, one of those deals 10 years ago when I have to drag myself into the emergency room. So I was taking some aspirin. I went and saw uh, my doctor, and she gave me this uh, rub-on called Tiger Bomb, I think it is, and that helped for a little bit. But it didn't help my mind at all. Now, I've worked here for four years now at – town square and i took great pride in not calling in sick for several reasons one i do not not like being here uh i love my job and i feel that if i'm not here i'm letting people down and and work is uh and i'm falling behind on work yes i work at a radio station our radio company has us write articles And they are really pro social media, so much so that uh, 
they require us to write two articles every single weekday. And then we share them on all of our radio stations. We have five of them. And then therefore you receive these numbers that you get from people clicking on them. And I hate that term clickbait, by the way. I don't believe in it at all. I don't choose to write for clickbait. But that's kind of the name of the game sometimes. That's how it produces numbers and clicks and all that stuff. So we have certain quotas that we have to meet uh, every month. And I did so for quite a while until the, uh, the numbers increased a lot. And then since January, I'm having a trouble meeting those numbers. The reason why I want to do this segment by myself is I want to talk about stress. And more importantly, I want to talk about the importance of having a sponsor. Uh, I found out through also that the pain that I was receiving that kept, that kept getting worse and worse and worse last week was because of stress. No doubt. Stress compiled on stress. And I'm really not trying to make an excuse for my performance here at work recently. Uh, I've fallen, and in that falling of my numbers, that pain just kept getting worse and worse and worse, so much so that I woke up on Thursday morning, and I said to myself, you know what, as guilty as I'm going to feel all day long, I'm going to call in sick, which I did. And right around then, I started catching a bug. Now, I don't know if that bug was in my mind or what, but I was sick as a dog. No offense to you dogs out there. I was throwing up. I uh, had a searing headache, and I know some people thought I had COVID for a while, but uh, the, the I could still smell and all those things, and I knew that my body was telling me I did not have COVID. I had a flu, and the flu was even more fluey, if that makes sense, because of the stress that I'm going through. I called in sick on Thursday, and all day long, man, did I feel guilty. I broke my streak of being here for four years without calling in sick. As a matter of fact, when I worked at the radio station, a different company in Minot, I worked there for almost four years. I was forced to calling in sick one day because I had to get a colonoscopy. <laughs> and I remember telling my boss at that time, do I have to call in sick? And she's like, yeah, yeah, on this one you do. The procedure is not going to be pretty and uh, you won't be able to, uh, you won't be able to be sitting down except for the toilet. So yeah, I, call, I had to call in sick once. So roughly in about, almost eight years, I, I never called in sick willingly, and so I, I called in sick on Thursday. I, I text my boss and said I wasn't coming in, and that led to Friday when I again called in sick. Uh, laying there on my bed, uh, stir-crazy, feeling lousy, searing headache, I kept telling myself this you know what this reminds me of? This brings me back to the days when I was drinking heavily and I would go I would go into bouts of calling in sick for I think the rule of thumb is I'd call in sick on a Tuesday and then on Wednesday roll around I'd call in sick again and they'd say, Listen, if you have a bug or something like that, you might as well call. You might as well not show up till the following Monday. Which when I was drinking, that was awesome. 
Talk about all those days off, huh? I don't work that way anymore. Uh, I think I have a good work ethic. But during this time of not being here for Thursday and Friday, my mind was going crazy. I started to fight myself. I started to wonder if I, if I was losing it. And now I don't mean that. Have you ever felt sometimes when you question everything about yourself and your lifestyle and things like that? One thing that I held strong to was, was my sobriety. However, um, and I'm grateful for this, not once during that span did I think about drinking, but I was in bad, I was in bad shape. I still am not, still not feeling myself. And the crazy thing about this is that my sponsor, who's my best friend, and real quick on the sponsor thing. Yes, it's, it's extremely important when you become sober to get a sponsor. When you start going to meetings, people will ask you, do you have a sponsor? And I encourage you, if you don't have one, and if you are going to meetings, to find yourself a sponsor for a thousand reasons. And some of the reasons I'll tell you in a, in a second. But a sponsor doesn't have to be your friend, and they'll tell you that. A sponsor, of course, is with a guy on a guy. It doesn't work that way if you have a girl as a sponsor. It really doesn't. Or the op- opposite, a guy being a girl sponsor. And you know what? If it works for you, great. But the rule of thumb is no on that. But to have yourself a sponsor, to tell your sponsor everything about you and what you're going through and then going through the steps one by one and doing them thoroughly is the most important thing that I can stress, <laughs> stress, that I can point out in your journey. Sponsors are someone, a sponsor is someone you can call Anytime, day or night, that sponsor, 99% of the time, that sponsor is going to be someone of sobriety, obviously. That sponsor will understand what you're going through, and that sponsor will talk to you. Now, I did not call my sponsor and had not talked to him for a little bit. Didn't even occur to me to call him. My sponsor lives in San Diego. And I actually take great pride because I believe we're co-sponsors of each other. That's how well we know each other. But I was really hurting. And I was really laying there wondering why my mind was going, going, driving me, giving me fits, feeling uh, disappointed in myself, feeling guilty for not being here. He called me Friday afternoon and we talked for about 20 minutes. And I told him everything that was going on in my head. I felt like maybe I was having some kind of a breakdown. And I, 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 I laid out all the things that were troubling me, all the things that I was worrying about and still worrying about. And we both agreed that it was stress, just like I had been told before. Um, by the way, my hip is feeling a lot better. But uh, again, I'm not a doctor and I can't say that's because of stress. My sponsor talked to me and asked me many things. We talked about both of our journeys and our program we're in. And my sponsor really made me feel 
cared about. That's what sponsors do. That's what they're there for. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories about other people having sponsors that are real harsh, real uh, to the point. Um, and some of them might even tell you right away, hey, look, I'm not going to be your best friend here. I'm going to keep you on. I'm going to keep you straight. I'm here for you, for your sobriety. And that's cool if it works for other people in it, and it has, and it still does. But for me, I need to have somebody that I can trust as far as telling this person um, everything that's on my mind without feeling, hmm, how do I say this right? It's silly when you, and my friend told me this, my sponsor told me this, it's silly when you think you're bothering someone else to tell them what really is going on with you. I don't have anybody here except for the people that I work with. I have two cats. That's it. I, I'm not in a relationship at all. So um, when it came time uh, that he could probably tell what was going on, which is odd because we know each other so well that he picked up the phone and called me Friday. I knew it was more than just a coincidence. I knew that it had to happen. Uh, again, I am so proud of this program I'm in. I'm so proud of There Is A Way Out Facebook page. And for anybody who hears that who is not a member, you can all you need to do is just send me an invite. Uh, it's absolutely free. It's called There Is A Way Out, just like this podcast name. It's on my Facebook page. And if you would like to be part of our group, great. You don't have to be an alcoholic or an addict or anything like that. You just really want to be a part of this group to support others. And I have a lot of people in, in, in the group that are a normie. Again, I use that term normie. So again, I'm super proud of all the people that are in the group. There is a way out. And I'm extremely proud of the people who have been on this podcast with me, sharing all their, their life stories and their experiences, because it really is, everyone has a unique story to tell. And uh, I'm hoping that next Sunday I'll have someone on who can uh, tell their story and not have me blab for how many minutes have I been on now for 14 minutes. I, I battle myself whether to come out here and do this today, but I want to stay on a, stati a statistic. Good grief. I want to stay on a consistent schedule of putting in at least one podcast a week, and I've been able to do that. When I first began these podcasts about a month ago, I made the mistake of recording some of them during my lunch hour uh, here at work. And um, because of my performance lately, some of my people that have worked with me have, um, not a lot, a few have questioned me about it and said, are you using your time properly? I know it was my lunch hour, and I know I'm at here at work, but I probably could have used those times to uh, eat lunch at my desk and try to write better stories, or you know what I mean, try to be more consistent in that way. It's hard to explain. I know your lunch hour is your lunch hour, but in this job that I have, you have to utilize every single time, minute that you have here at work, and I'm usually here at 8 well, about 7.50 in the morning, and I'm here till at least 5 p.m. And I know I've had people tell me before, what do you do all day? <laughs> it's kind of like that movie, Office Space. 
So exactly what do you do here? I'm on the air from 9 a.m. till 2 p.m. I love that. I've always loved being on the air. I'm not the greatest at it by any means. By any means. I know my voice is rather irkish. Urkel. Remember that character Urkel? Where he had a nasally voice, Urkel? I've been compared to that. Um, but it's something I've always wanted to do since my early, uh, early 90s when my dad sent me to that broadcasting school called American Dream Broadcasting School in the back of a tanning salon. I love the theater of being on the radio. I love telling a good story or trying to say something. And my problem has been that uh, sometimes I get a little uh, too, uh, too wordy. And some of my breaks, and a break is when you come on and talk and then finish. That's what a break is. Some of my breaks have been way too long, like a couple of minutes. And we're not supposed to <laughs> do a couple of minutes. We're supposed to be in and out within 30 to 45 or seconds or even a minute. But sometimes when you're trying to be Mr. Funny and you're trying to play some music and try to talk along to that, you're trying to tell a clever little funny little story that'll compare to the song you're playing, you think you're brilliant. Yeah, don't know what other people think of me on that, but um, put it this way, when I was on that, when I was on the show in San Diego for 10 years, I'm super proud of that DSC and you San Diegans will remember that. I, I, I had the time of my life. It was the greatest 10 years of my life. Even, even through the last two years when I was drinking and running my body into the ground because I was able to be myself and be a character and make people laugh. And I've told people this before, especially lately. Back in the, back in the day when people would say to me, I remember that bit. I was listening uh, with my mom on the way to work. This is in San Diego in the car and we heard you and you were hilarious. I just wanted to let you know that. One time somebody told me they were with their mother about ready to take them to the hospital and her mother had been in severe pain and had to take some tests. She had a head injury and they wanted to explore more what was going on and she was wrapped with bandages and she heard one of my bet payoffs where I was on the corner doing some silly thing. And uh, this person had sent me an email saying this is the first time that I saw her laughing a long time. All the pressure went away from her just for a little bit. And she laughed at what life was on the radio. And I took that as the greatest compliment. And I still feel that way. But I'll tell you, the the greatest compliment of all is when people tell me that they enjoy my podcast and maybe somebody heard it for the first time. And even when someone says to me, hey, I s saw you speak like 10 years ago at the Freedom Ranch. And I'm still sober. I remember everything you said. I was in the front row. I was raw and and scared, and I, I saw you come in, and I was a big fan of the show, and when I heard you talk, uh, I'm still sober. And that that blows away anything. Of course it does. Getting back, of course, to the sponsor. A sponsor will take you through all 12 steps. Of course, your first step is where you admit to yourself you're powerless over alcohol, that your life has become unmanageable. 100%. Now, when I was going through my funk, 
which I'm at the tail end of it, I hope, and I was really battling myself, that was one of the first things that I was pretty secure on. But now, remember, I've been in this funk before, before I became sober. And I remember those those funk times, F-U-N-K, funk times, drove me into drinking. So a little bit of me was preventive and pretty scared. I had, I haven't felt this way in quite a while, and it jolted me. But uh, again, I was pretty confident I was going to make it through the day. There you go, through the day. Day by day, remember. Again, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. That's step number two. Step number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God or your higher power as we understood him. Made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. That's step number four. And that's a doozy right there. Uh, Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. That was number five. Number six, of course, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, having had a spiritual awakening, awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Those are the 12 steps. That is one of the most important thing you can do with your recovery. And some people retake the steps many times over maybe every three or four years, whatever makes you feel solid and whatever gets you through the day. And I might, uh, we all remember wherever we go, whatever city you're in, you can take great comfort and ease and pride into going into a room where you don't know anybody and say the serenity prayer. And to me, that's like your home no matter where you're at like I said if you're traveling and the first thing you do is when you get to your hotel and you say I want to find out where an a where a meeting is and you find out you go in say hi to people and then the serenity prayer God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference Uh, I just want to wrap up in a little bit with with this and 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 a, and a huge thanks to my sponsor for always being there for me and i hope that i'm always there for him as well and to let you know that that is one of the most important things you can do for yourself is just to get a sponsor if you're brand new if you've been doing this for a while on your own and it's working for you that's great too but you might want to you might want to think about adding uh, someone to your life as your sponsor. The sponsors, like I said before, 
can either be someone that'll question you, ask you how your meetings are going, ask you what you're doing for your journey and such. I just want some things to be clear here. I don't do this for any kind of glory. Uh, I don't do this in vain. I don't do this for ego. Um, I, I hope that people will listen to this, and I don't even know how many people do. And if they do, I'm quite honored. I'm hoping, again, that um, maybe people can relate to sort of kind of what I'm going through. It is stress with a capital S. And I know that might some people might say, well, you're just copping out on your job. I'm not trying to. I, I, I'm not trying to. It's the worst possible feeling when you go into work you have, and you have a knot in your stomach. And that's probably my own doing because I'm not performing in certain areas. And what a rotten way that is for me to go through. I'm grateful for everybody, again, for listening to this. I'm grateful for There Is A Way Out Facebook page. I promise you, or I'll do my best to promise you, that next week I'll have a guest on. And that guest will share their strength, hope, and experience to all. Thank you. And remember, for anybody who believes they may be on the fence, they may drink or use too much, or to anyone who has a family member or a friend, and you want to let them have a chance to listen to this, just know there is a way out.